0: Welcome to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Harrison is going to join me here in a second uh, in, a, in a review of Alphonso McKinney, Wesley Matthews, uh, Jared Dudley, and Damian Jones. Uh, and yes, yeah, you would imagine, as you would imagine, uh, some, some fireworks flew in regards to Damian Jones. Uh, but you are, uh, that's, that's going to come here in a second. Before we get into all of that though, I do want to catch you guys up on some of the stories that have taken place or have dropped in the time between when Harrison and I recorded. He is now on vacation, so we recorded a little, before, uh, a little ahead of time and I am now recording this little intro. So the biggest news here is that Kyle Kuzma is being shopped. And wants to be more than just a corner shooter uh, in the offense. Kind of funny the timing of both of those stories. Can't lie, it's 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 kind of hard not to chuckle a little bit at uh, the the times in which those stories dropped or those reports came out. But uh, I'm I don't think there's necessarily a correlation between the two of them. I just you know I just find things funny because I am me. Kyle Kuzma on the open market, had he done basically anything in the postseason, this would be a very different conversation. It just flat out would be, but that's not what (laughs) went down for him. He was not very good, didn't make very many of his shots, uh, felt like there were stretches that you didn't notice that he was out there for the vast majority of the stretches that he played, and the Lakers left the postseason in the first round. And he was a big part of the reason why. So for the Lakers, that doesn't that doesn't make it very easy to move him because he is being moved at a time where his stock is at its, not its lowest, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's at its absolute lowest. He did have a solid regular season and he is young enough and on a good enough contract that you might say, yeah, i, I this guy's fits in our rotation or fits in our, our future as either a bucket getter or a three and D guy. But if he wants to be more than a three and D guy, that's where the Lakers kind of sort of like the, the, the whoever is buying on Kyle Kuzma, they're going to be doing so because they believe that he can do more in their offense than he's done in the Lakers offense when LeBron James has the ball the majority of the time. So, that's just going to be something to keep an eye on, especially if the Lakers are interested in Lonzo Ball, as has been reported over the last couple of days. So, if it, I, I really feel like at the end of the day, the Lakers, why well, we know this cap wise, the Lakers probably aren't going to be able to have uh, Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball on the roster at the same time. It's just a matter of which machinations they go through to optimize the return for Kyle Kuzma. And make it so that they can make Lonzo Ball a serious enough offer that the New Orleans Pelicans uh, just say, "Okay, you can you can go ahead and have this guy." Ton of that stuff uh, is going to be coming, and and you know we're going to dive deep on all of it over the course of the next few weeks. Um, but let's go ahead and get to this conversation that Harrison and I had about. Wesley Matthews about Alfonso McKinney, about Jared Dudley, and about Damian Jones. All right. So uh Harrison and I are going to review the back end of the roster and, and one dearly departed well, he didn't
1: die, but <laughs> I mean this podcast comes out in three days, so this this segment's either gonna be funny or hilariously insensitive. Awful. Yeah, we're gonna have, terrible. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, but so we're going to today on this, uh, in our reviews here, uh, we are going to review Alfonso McKinney, Wesley Matthews, Jared Dudley, and young Will Damian Jones <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to wrap up the kind of. Well, I guess we already talked about Taylor Horton Tucker, so he's an important player. But in terms of like players who could or could not move on and nobody would really notice. This will wrap up those types of players. So um, let's start. We'll just start with uh, Alfonso McKinney because he's technically uh, under contract next year.
1: Yeah, he's Uh, one of five Lakers under contract for next year, although it's a non-guaranteed deal for the next two years. So Mm -hmm. there is like, I, I think some theoretical, it's along with him, it's Kuz, it's KCP, and then LeBron and AD. Uh, so those are your, I mean, that's your Lakers starting five next year. If the Lakers don't make any addition. Yeah, that's the core. <laughs> that's the core of, of our Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Uh, the, the, so he is on a non-guaranteed deal worth uh $2 million annually for the next two years. It was kind of like a sweetheart deal. that the It's like the Cavs, like, we're giving you a multi-year deal, but we're going to see if it works out in those last two years. So it, it's kind of... You know, obviously, McKinney, he was fine. I felt like as a back end of the rotation guy, he could kind of capably play some minutes in an emergency situation, didn't grouse about it in the locker room, young-ish legs so you can kind of count on him for some speed, get up and down the court kind of thing. He's obviously not... Going to be a rotation player unless something goes extremely wrong next year. But he's the kind of guy that's worth having around just because not only could he theoretically just like get on the court in a regular season game and not look woefully out of place, but he also, you know, with this non guaranteed $2 million deal, he also has the benefit of the Lakers if they need to cut someone, you know, at some point next season to add a buyout guy, then, you know, you're not having to cut someone who's going to, you know, be a cap hit on you. And or you can potentially. Potentially package him as part of some trade for a team that's just kind of looking to shed salary. Ironically, in the sort of deal the Lakers acquired him in last year when they were trading JaVale McGee to the Cavs. And getting McKinney and Jordan Bell, they waived Jordan Bell and kept McKinney. But you know, McKinney could be kind of in a second deal like that this summer for the right team, if the Lakers were just looking to take on like two million in extra salary that they couldn't quite match. So theoretically, him with Coos or him with KCP gets you to like fifteen million dollars, which is a little mm-hmm. bit more useful than the thirteen million dollars. So he's worth kind of keeping around. This is not a guy that's like a terrible thing. Person to have, I also don't hate his game. Yeah, like I no, just, he's totally fine. He he's he's a fine NBA player. I, I think he's he
0: and K. uh really were hurt by the fact that the Lakers didn't practice at all. Like it's yeah. one thing, it's one thing when stars aren't in practice, you know, on a day to day basis, but the team is still kind of working out but the Lakers didn't really have even that going or, on Yeah,
1: on. at least getting to go through walkthroughs and like right, be anything. together. And this team just did not get to do that.
0: Right. And, and somebody like McKinney, like you have to, you have to earn coaches trust to be able to go to get into a rotation. And the only time that a player like McKinney is going to earn that kind of trust is going to be in, in, in practice because he's not going to get in during games. And so he's just kind of left in limbo. So, I, I I I'm not saying this to stand for Alfonso McKinney. I, he's he's a perfectly okay below average NBA player. He is a fine 11th to 15th man. He's like yeah, great like, in
1: that type of role.
0: And also like it 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 benefits in practice to have guys like him where about that size athletic can kind of shoot it, you know. It he can kind of push uh, LeBron if LeBron needs to be pushed or he can push Kyle Kuzma. And keep him honest over the course of a season, uh, if they are getting practice time. So I, I even even beyond all the stuff that you're talking about in terms of resources and and machinations of, of trades and stuff like that. Even that aside, I would like to keep Alfonso McKinney around if at all possible. I just I just kind of like the guy's game in in the sense that it's good to have six seven to six nine guys who can get out and run. And kind of sort of shoot like he's not he's not an incredible shooter um, and he's not even. Well, he's a pretty good athlete, uh, but but he's he's a he's a he's the exact kind of guy that I want at the end of the bench for playoff rotations. He's just he's he's that kind of dude. And uh, it would be a bummer to see him go so long as it is in those situations like you're talking about where he's playing a role in a trade where you have to have his salary in the deal in order to get it done. Yeah. Especially, look, especially if he's non-guaranteed in the next year too, like that yes. makes him, makes him valuable as a trade chip next year on
1: top of whatever he can do for you this year. And that's theoretically a reason that a team would be willing to acquire him is you take a flyer yeah. on him for this year. And then you can do the same thing again next year. So he could, you know, he could just become like a specialist in these type of deals and keep getting paid. So good for him. <laughs> and you know, he's just going to
0: be a fire, uh, a flyer forever. He, and he and, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting this guy. Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet, PF Flyers this is Alfonso McKinney.
1: Yeah, and he's only he's only 28, and like 28, that doesn't mean like I think he has some huge leap to make, but you know, you we're fine. we've seen guys kind of, uh, I don't even want to say late bloomer because he's past, like he's bloomed. He yeah. mostly is what he is, but right. he might become, you know, around a winning team, around a winning environment with his skill set. He, he's a useful guy to have around that could potentially be a useful guy in the back end of rotations for a couple more years. I don't think he's ever going to be like a consistent role player on a title team, right. but you know, he is... He's a useful guy to have around for a lot of reasons
0: especially like you know the, the the nba next year is coming back on a short off season again and he's a guy who has been around the organization long enough to where over the course of an 80 because it's going to be 82 games again next year over the course of an 82 game season he will play 15 18 20 games or so and and it's nice to have somebody who when he steps in like that understands like what's expected of him and and where where the organization
1: is headed and if I remember correctly, he was hurt during training camp or had some kind of thing. I mean, th- not I mean. that they really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that they really got a real training camp anyway, and everybody was hurt. But I-, I think you know, just whatever he was able to pick up over a year of osmosis of being around these guys, plus a real training camp with after a real off season, you know, he's going to be in a better position to succeed this season than he was last season. You know, last season I thought he was totally fine for what he was asked to do. So you know, he might even be a little bit better this year if he's around
0: yeah I mean yeah circum circumstances paint success you know and and that's kind of where where we are probably with him uh, next player that we got to talk about is somebody who was um, around all the time and and entered the season with the role and and whether or not they filled that role at all times was certainly in question but Wesley Matthews uh, is somebody who by the way wants to be back like he's on the record saying, um, that he wants to be back, he wants to run it back. He's one of basically everybody except LeBron to say uh, that they want to run it back. And uh, what was even I'm funnier hilarious. was the
1: context of his run it back comments was him retelling how he was telling LeBron, I want to run it back. <laughs> and then even LeBron was like, eh, you know, we'll see.
0: You, know, you, know, you never know
1: what's going to happen. Life is strange.
0: <laughs> Lonzo is clutch after all. Uh, yeah. but, but Wesley Matthews is, uh, is somebody who... I don't know if very many people can really complain about what he offered on a veterans minimum contract. Like he wasn't, there was, I, there was the biannual a annual
1: exception. So a little more than the veterans, minimum. Oh, veteran, but okay. very cheap. Yes.
0: But, but like he was, there was some notion that after they traded Danny green for, for end uh, pieces for Dennis Schroeder, uh, that after they got Dennis Schroeder, they basically signed a slightly lesser Danny green plus landing Schroeder. And that that would put them way ahead of where they were with Danny Green. And
1: and what we found out is that, um, in fact, that was not the case. Yeah, Danny Green is some kind of, you know, earthbound demigod that just affects winning despite, like, even if he doesn't play that well, just Shooting, still man. through, like- just... Yeah, I mean, that was a big part of why I think a lot of people were probably underwhelmed with West. It wasn't just you, or it wasn't just eye tests or confirmation bias, or you just seeing him miss a couple threes on the wrong night. You know, he shot 33.5% from distance this season. That's a career low for him. Yeah. And so... Yeah, he had a he had a bad season from behind the yeah. arc. And I thought that he was perfectly fine and, and probably a plus defender still. But when you're not shooting well and you were brought in as kind of the three and D guy, you're missing one half of that equation. And it, it, it is a little disappointing. I, I think again, you know, Danny Green did not shoot well at all during the Lakers run to the playoffs. I, I think Mm-mm. what that shows more than anything is not even just the gravity stuff, because I feel like teams mostly still guarded West for the most part, but it it's also, it shows the value of, you know, in the postseason you can shoot worse from behind the arc, as long as you're playing good defense. And to me, that's more of an argument for potentially bringing West back. We know he's going to be cheap. He's not going to get like a giant contract on the open market after the season that he just had. You can probably get him back for the minimum. And for a guy like that, who has a potential to be much better than a minimum player? You know, especially yeah. if his shot kind of goes yeah. back, regresses upwards, back towards the mean. You know, I think that's a fairly no brainer. I mean, I don't know how, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And like, I don't know, just to just to wrap up the Danny Green point. Like, this is what I talk about. What I've been talking about basically since the season ended is that the Lakers have guys who knock down threes, but they don't have guys necessarily that that defenses are desperate to stop from shooting threes. And that's a giant difference. And those guys are always so much more expensive, right? Yes. That's why, that's why I'm, you know, when, when JJ Redick tweets out free Caruso, my ears perk up because he's somebody who, whenever he's on the court, defenses are desperate to stop him from shooting three pointers. And and Wesley Matthews, he, he's not that guy. Like he, he, you don't get that guy for even the the biannual expe- exception. I, I mean,
1: to to be honest, I don't know if JJ Reddick's even a guy that teams are desperate. But to still, stop he still he still has shooting. that reputation. Like it's it's
0: it's it's also a reputation thing. Like it, yeah it kind yeah of I, of no, that's
1: fair. I think we'll see about that. How much that rep continues on a LeBron AD yeah. team where you're having to pick your poison, and it, oh, you know fair. you'd rather sag off of guys after an underwhelming shooting year. But who knows? Maybe you know if someone like JJ Reddick comes in and he's just straight up not getting guarded then all of a sudden those three start to look like layups again
0: but that's that's why that's why uh, Danny Green was so much more so valuable right and so underrated I think when we look back on it was that even on a LeBron Anthony Davis team teams were still desperate not to let him shoot especially from the corners and like that that is something that the Lakers completely lacked last year and and you combine that with the over-the-top threat that they didn't have last year. And you can kind of see why the offense was gummed up the way that it was. And yeah. and uh, and so with with Wesley Matthews here, I, I, I agree completely with you on bringing him back, especially at the veteran's minimum. He's going to be somebody who also, by the way, buys completely into his role, no matter what it is. You saw him leave the rotation for a short stretch and then come back and was perfectly useful. Never complained about not being in the rotation, anything like that. So, so I think there's value in that, and, and 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 for for a team that severely lacked in, I think, the chemistry and culture department compared to the year prior. That that's incredibly valuable.
1: Let me play devil's advocate then for a second, okay? since we're kind of uh, sort. I think we're mostly agreeing on this, but. The only, I think, the main argument against—I mean—the fireworks are
0: going to come here in two players when we talk about Damian Jones. <laughs> but okay.
1: Well, no, I mean the argument against bringing him back is that Wes was, you know, he was thirty-five this season, and mm-hmm. so he's going to be thirty-six at some—or sorry, he was thirty-four this season. He's going to be thirty-five next season at some point, and you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of shooters. Sometimes once your legs aren't there, you start to lose whatever, not that Wes Matthews was ever a burst guy, but once you get a little older, you lose yep. a little bit of that lift in your legs or a little bit of that quick twitch, and all of a sudden, the shooting's just gone, and it just tails off for a couple mm-hmm. seasons, and then teams are like, okay, actually, he's not gonna, you know, figure it back out, and he's out of the league now. So, uh, the only argument against it is did we see the beginning of the end from west matthews and i still think that again for the minimum i think it's worth a shot to figure out to figure that out because it's not like you're being asked to commit probably like 10 million a year or however much it may be to this guy that then it becomes all of a sudden a much bigger gamble than on a veteran's minimum deal but if the team does find guys where they decide you know we want to take a gamble on this guy i'm not going to be super upset or if you're they're kind of surprised by what their options are that said i don't know that their options are going to be better than Wes Matthews for that kind of role, so I, I think ultimately it's still worth the gamble. But those are the concerns.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the the risk is that you now have him on the on the team when he is officially washed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like you do, and 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 somebody that you banked on being in your rotation is now washed, and and yep. that is certainly the risk.
1: But. That and then all of a sudden you're, you're getting, getting a lot more players. Alfonso McKinney minutes than you necessarily <laughs> were hoping for, you know, like
0: <laughs> and we're gonna like I hope somebody just calls one of us an Alfonso McKinney stand. Like I, <laughs> you
1: know, Alfonso hey, I mean, I'm the one who was tweeting McKinney time all season, you know, whenever he got into the game. I, I think I am the closest it comes to an Alfonso McKinney stand.
0: I like his game. And and you know what? If Matthews is watched, bring it on mckinney's ready baby it's mckinney time <laughs>
1: he's been waiting eight years for this we, this <laughs> clip is gonna look so good in retrospect if we selectively edit it you know in like six months and he's actually played really well we can yeah. sound really smart here and just no one's gonna go back and listen to the full podcast no yeah
0: i mean I, I'll, I'll i'll make sure to jot it down yeah can you the just make a note of 75 other podcasts i yes. record between now and then
1: Just just put it in a file of, like, old – I I assume you have a folder of takes that might age well where you put your takes and stuff like that because (laughs) – I do, but it's been empty since I started doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Honestly, rare good decision-making on your part.
0: All right. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, to Jared Dudley who – is a fan favorite, a Twitter favorite, is like a, a nice like person to interact with on, on Twitter too. Like he understands the, the game within the game, and as his game comes to an end, the next game uh that, that he's going to be playing. Uh and 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 you know what? Like, obviously, he got hurt this year and didn't do much for the team. Anybody who expected him to do much for the team heading into this year, the hell were you thinking? Uh, but 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 on top of that, like. I, I want Jared Dudley back just because there are a few things that I love more across all of sports, maybe across the entire world. It's like Avery and Lakers bench reactions when Jared Dudley makes a three-pointer. Avery yeah, Jen no, like, and then Jared Dudley three points. I, I'm
1: assuming this is something that you can relate to because like they react like you know, like the chubby kid that doesn't play a lot that gets in <laughs> off the end at the end of the bench uh, at the end of the game and like scores a big buck, or the kid who hasn't scored all year, yeah. you know, finally gets a bucket. Like that's how they react to Jared Dudley because that's kind of what he is on this team. <laughs> kind of and, sort of. You know, I was he laughing. You were it. like, y- he, yeah, he no, makes he, he makes fun like, can... of himself. He admitted in an interview this year, so I'm I'm doing his season review and I was going back through this. He admitted in an interview this year that he basically, rather than surgery to fix his torn MCL, he has so little athleticism that just losing 20 pounds was basically just as good. And so, and that his teammates, (laughs) he was dunking in practice and they were laughing because they couldn't believe it. And so this is a guy who knows how to poke fun at himself. I think both of us can appreciate that quality in someone. And also you mentioned the kind of, you know, he's I've, – I've been – I've joked for a while that he's the Lakers' highest paid PR person because that's mm-hmm. sort of what he is, yeah. and – he, you know, he during his ex interview, I was I did a double take at this because I forgot about it during the kind of hectic nature of that day, but I was going back and listening to it to do this piece. And at the end of a talk about how, you know, he was saying, you know, you evaluate me on team chemistry. So if there were problems there, then that's kind of on me. And you guys would know about it too, because I tell you, because I'm the one that tells the media about how things are going in the locker room and da-da-da. And I'm like, did he just admit to being? Like the play, like when we hear a player source, a source in the locker room, like Jared, that's Jared Dudley, I guess. Every time, according to Jared Dudley,
0: that would be great if we just from now on, no matter no matter what the report is uh, that is being reported. Every anonymous about the Lakers, quote is
1: just Jared Dudley now. Like we just
0: Jared Dudley. <laughs> per Jared Dudley, the Lakers are in the market for Lonzo Ball. We get
1: like one of those browser <laughs> extensions that replaces words, and it's just it's like anonymous yeah. It's Laker source, and it replaces it with Jared Dudley.
0: Yeah, one Lakers source <laughs> and it's Jared Dudley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like that, but did
0: did you also did you I I I briefly blanked because uh the the ML, we were recording during the M.O.B All-Star game and Vlad Guerrero just hit a ball to China. But but uh
1: oh, like we, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Because, like, I'm, junior. you know, b- back when I actually paid attention to baseball, it was like Vlad Guerrero Sr. was on the Angels. So, yeah. It yeah. Was, for a second, I was like, wait, is this, like, a celebrity also? And then I remembered he has a son that's playing now.
0: But. Who is, like, incredible, too. But so, but the, uh, did you did you bring up the wine quote that he gave? Like, he gave no. his, his quote about, like, my life is to sit here, accept a great paycheck, and drink wine with LeBron James.
1: <laughs> he he's in the inner circle it was like him bad bunny and lebron are on vacation right now like jared duds is in the inner circle he may not be with clutch but he's he he's closer than that like it, it's the yeah. fast and the furious he's family <laughs> he's not familiar sure. he's the lakers he's the lakers dom toretto that's that's jared dudley
0: <laughs> you know the irony is i bet he would like absolutely dwarf dom toretto Like if you had, if you had the two of them wearing a wife beater and jeans and like those big ass, uh, I mean yeah, Anthony Vin Diesel's
1: a Hollywood actor. He's not an NBA player. Well, no, no, (laughs) no. But I'm saying,
0: I'm saying like, even in terms of physique, like everything about like that picture, Jared Dudley is looked at as this like mumbling, not mumbling, but like rumbling, bumbling guy who gets on the court and looks like Elmer Fudd, like, but when he, when he would stand next to Dom Toretto if he was to stand
1: next to Vin Diesel, he would be like, "Wait, what?" I disagree. It's a lot easier for short guys to put on muscle, and so while I'm sure that Jared Dudley is stronger than Vin Diesel, I'm not sure that he's winning like the muscle watch Instagram mm. thirst trap content. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: no, in, in, he's he's not as ripped, but I'm just saying yeah. like he's a bigger physical, like he's just gonna dwarf. Vin Diesel, and it would be hilarious. To, maybe
1: to you know, maybe we just figured out the way to get Jared Dudley to take a role on the coaching staff. LeBron needs to get him a role in like the next Fast and Furious movie, and mm-hmm. then he could just be an assistant coach instead of on the right, using up a roster spot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the he, pay probably evens out. So yeah, yeah. Um, in 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 a little bit more seriousness too, like this team needs all the the revamping of of chemistry that it could possibly get. And there are worse ways to use your fifteenth roster, and and somebody who, by the way, like if somebody becomes available, and Jared Dudley is your fifteenth player, you can waive Jared Dudley to bring in that fifteenth player who would help your team. Like this is this is this is the way that that would go if somebody uh, who is not Andre Drummond makes themselves available over the course of the season. Like that's how that can go, and and if not, then you have somebody who understands again, like we just talked about it with McKinney in a more productive way, but Jared Dudley knows what Frank Vogel is expecting, uh, has, has, is a, is a positive impact on somebody like Kyle Kuzma and, and then any new people who come in, like this is something that Phil Jackson did a lot was he kept an older veteran on so that in practice, while the coaches were doing their thing, Dudley could also pull somebody aside and say, like, actually, from our position, this is where we're supposed to stand here. This yeah, is the Jared way this Dudley knows
1: the LeBron and AD ISO offense. It's like, it's as complicated <laughs> as the triangle. So he's he's like, all right, so on this play and every single other one, you stand here. That's, that's it. That's your job, though. So. Like
0: fair point fair point again
1: <laughs> no but in all seriousness he knows the defense so he can you know and That's way, you know what he, i meant but <laughs> i'm oversimplifying their offense but yeah. he, you know he knows the really of the floor <laughs> and look dudley you know he's become a meme where everyone celebrates like like he's you know he's like the guy went around men- my house with my with my three fingers sticking out but Jared Dudley can still play. I don't think yeah. that he's a guy that you want out on the court for more than, you know, every every 15 games or something like that. But if you need a guy to come in in garbage time, he can do that. He can he can in spot minutes. You know, if the Lakers have several power forwards injured, Jared Dudley can come in. He showed that during the title run where he came in and he played some effective minutes. He, he had yeah. like one of the best net ratings on the team in the year that he was actually playing somewhat in and out of the rotation. But he was getting spot minutes at times. You know, he's smart enough. His his game has never been predicated on athleticism. He can still shoot a little bit. He can go out there and play if you absolutely need to kind of break that glass. Not He's not going to go out there and play, you know... uh, for 15 games in a row or something like that. I remember there yeah. was this running gag where like when Kuzma would be hurt, Dudley would come in and mm-hmm. he would be like, oh, thank God Kuz is coming back. Cause I don't know if I got another game in me. Like he, <laughs> right, he's yeah. not a guy that's going to be an every game player, but if you need him on a random night in February where you're giving someone a night off, Jared Dudley can come in and play 20 minutes.
0: Yep. All right. Last guy on this list. This is where this is going to get a little interesting. Damian Jones. I am going to review his season. Uh, <laughs>
1: sure. you demanded to do this people don't know this but there were two oh my things God. when you came back to vox media that you demanded in your contract one of them was that you get to call it the anthony irwin show and the other <laughs> one was that you get to talk uh, you get to have a specific article about Damian jones to put out that propaganda both not true
0: <laughs> neither of them are true nobody's gonna believe me but neither of those things are true uh damien jones Shot 90% from the floor in his time as a Laker. 90-plus percent from the floor as a How Laker. How attempts, that Anthony? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I think it was ten? like 12 or was 13. Ten? I think it was like 14. He shot like okay. 12 or 13 of 14. Uh, which is still, by the way, like, you could give Andre Drummond 10 or 12 Stop or 14 it. attempts in an NBA game, and he's not shooting
1: 90%. I'm guaranteeing that. I would. I, I, I mean, would love, considering he's I would, like a career fifty percent, you know, shooter. <laughs> I feel like that's probably a fair guarantee. But he also takes more than two shots a game, which is what Damian Jones was working with.
0: No, I'm saying, I'm saying that like you give him a stretch, any stretch over the course of Andre Drummond's career. I don't know if he's ever shot ninety percent from the field for like fourteen attempts. I, I think feel like I
1: feel like there's got to be a game in his Pistons or Cavs days where this happened. <laughs>
0: Maybe one game. Yeah. Like, yeah, a single.
1: I mean, David I mean, Jones did, did that for the equivalent of one
0: game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Although I think he continued some of that at at Sacramento. Like he was. No, he was I mean also, he's a guy. He's really good in Sacramento.
1: To channel my inner Hubie Brown, you got to give him credit. You know, he he's a guy that knows exactly who he is in the NBA. He does yeah. not want a single shot that is not a dunk. He knows that that is what he does. He will loft the occasional hook. as like a shot clock. You know, you have to take something. He has, you know, his little, like, hook that he'll go to. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, he's just, I'm going to dunk this wide open shot, or I'm going to give the ball up, and I'm going to go set another screen.
0: That's all I want. From a center playing alongside Anthony Davis, I don't need. I don't need Montrezl Harrell isos. I don't need Andre Drummond post isos. I don't need anything else. You know unless how they have spacing, those. You unless know you're facing have... the floor like Marcus All, that's all I want is somebody standing in the dunker spot, catching the ball from an insane level, <laughs> insane level above the rim, and coming down and making shots. That's it. You, I'm a simple man, dude. You know how they always <laughs> have those. Man
1: those quote graphics are they're like graphics on Twitter where it's like, who would be the best? And it's like a bunch of stars with like random attributes thrown (laughs) into them. It's like, one of them was like Damian Lillard with like Kobe Bryant mentality. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I feel like Dame kind of already, (laughs) that was like one of the worst ones I've ever seen. It's like, I feel like whatever, you know, percentage boost you're getting, it's not the normal improvement. But uh, the reason I bring this up is, do you feel like Andre Drummond with Damian Jones mentality would be like the best center in NBA history? He'd be perfect for what
0: the Lakers need. (laughs) I mean, he still wouldn't be able to jump like Damian Jones. Like that's, that's kind of part of the problem here is that like Alex Caruso would throw lobs like he would throw to Damian Jones and Andre Jones would simply laugh. Like he was just like, I can't catch that. Like,
1: Good one, bro. Like just (laughs) jogs back on defense.
0: Like that, that aforementioned, uh, Vlad Guerrero, homer that happened they actually were interviewing on the because it's the all-star game so they were interviewing fernando tatis on the on who's playing shortstop the ball goes over his head and he just puts his hands on his head like, I feel, I feel like I feel and like
1: there's funny. a deep drive to left field by guerrero <laughs>
0: right it is just oh no <laughs> you know and like, drummond does the same thing he just puts his hand over his head like oh no like, i'm not oh, gonna get no, that they
1: thought tyson chandler was back again <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, like that's that's honestly all. Like the, the Lakers are going to be in the market for a center to play alongside Anthony Davis this year, and it's pretty simple, man. Like just do what Damian Jones was doing. It's it, it, and he was doing that, by the way, I believe without LeBron James there. If I have I, that, correct. I actually
1: don't think Anthony Davis was playing at that time, if I'm remembering correctly. He, one of those guys AD was already playing. hurt. I think no LeBron was back for at least part of that because I remember everybody was like, just wait and see what he's going to do with LeBron. And they like almost never played together. It was like yeah. very staggered rotation. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, I think he caught at least a couple of lobs from LeBron. I don't think AD was playing by that point. I believe they brought him in after AD got hurt. Right. So, so that's, that's, the, that's what it was that, uh, so he didn't have an was... advantage over Drummond and that AD wasn't holding him back. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> That was Anthony a joke the Just for is, everyone that's about to yeah. like send me death threats in my email. That was a joke.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I thoroughly, obviously thoroughly enjoyed the Damian Jones experience. Uh, people in Sacramento loved him when he got there. Like and, my, and our friend, Greg Wissinger, like he, he thoroughly enjoyed the Damian Jones experience there. There's, there's something endearing about a player who knows exactly what it is that he needs to do. And now, now to, 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 to stay not just on a court, but in the league, and that's, that's, the, that's the difference here, is that Damian Jones, at all times, there's the threat of, I'm not going to be in the NBA. And, and Dwight Howard, the year prior, there was the threat that he was not going to be in the NBA. And then in this year, that threat was never there with Andre Drummond or Montrez Harrell, that they would not be in the NBA. and or at and least no one told the them. That way. <laughs> well, you know, uh, and, and, and we'll see how those guys change their approach. But based on their statements over the course of the summer to this point, I would imagine that that has not changed very much. So so shouts to Damian Jones. I think he was six-time Michelob Ultra Player <laughs> of the Week.
1: Can you stop giving competing <laughs> podcast sponsors a shout-out? Like, we need to call it something else. Uh, the Michael Loeb. Ultra, ultra <laughs> player of the week. No, I, I think in all seriousness, uh, in this very unserious segment of the podcast, I, I do think that Damian Jones, he showed whether it doesn't have to be Damian Jones, but he showed the yeah. value of vertical spacing on this team versus mm-hmm. the more traditional style spacing. And that obviously you need both in the 2021 NBA for the most part, you know, outside of, either. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, as much as we all like to kind of pump up Marcus all I think all of us enjoyed what he brought to the table. I really enjoyed what Mark brought to the table. There is a certain element, you know, for all of these centers in that you didn't have a guy that was at least as a change of pace option that was like the JaVale, that was like the Dwight, that could go and space that floor vertically. You need that threat at times. It's, you know, six easy points a game for teams that didn't pay that close of attention to that you run that lob play every single uh, start of the game like they would mm-hmm. for JaVale. And so I think there is value in having just someone who can do that. It doesn't have to be your starter. It doesn't have to be the guy playing alongside AD or whatever. But I think having just that guy, and I guess the good news is that the Lakers have the best version of that guy in the league in AD when he plays the five. And, you know, based on reports that I'm sure are going to be touched on, on earlier iterations of this podcast and on silver screen and roll, AD may be playing more center next year. So, you know, I think... At that point, all of a sudden, this becomes less valuable. But he did, in a vacuum, or less important. But it, he did, in a vacuum, show us the importance of having that vertical lob threat guy for a modern NBA offense as well.
0: Absolutely. Like I want, I want people to get this clear. I, I enjoyed the Damian Jones era and all of that, but it was it was purely like the amount that I enjoyed at Damian Jones was purely a a a result of how much I disliked. Watching Montrezl Harrell and Anthony Davis play together, or how much I disliked watching Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond play together, because those things, like that skill set, was something that is very important alongside AD. And now, like even with Mark Gasol, so with Mark, it's kind of like we talked about with with uh, Wesley Matthews a second ago, when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both out there. You are still like you might shade a little bit more towards, you know, Gasol or whatever, but at the end of the day, like if, if it's Marcus You're not treating him Dwight, like Danny Green. Right, exactly. And so like even the, the, the theoretical spacing that he offers isn't gonna isn't gonna be the same as the vertical spacing that JaVale and Dwight offer. Because if you pass the ball out to Marcus all one, he might not even shoot it. And then two, if he shoots it, maybe he makes one or two over the course of a game. But if a defense ignores Dwight, if ignores uh, Javale, if it ignores Damian Jones, that's a dunk. That's yeah. ten points. That's twelve. That's fourteen points over the course of a game, and and that's something that that I completely like. I, I'll cop to this. I completely undersold that value. Coming off of last season, heading into this one with Mark Gasol on
1: the team, it's less pretty, but it might be more effective at times, especially when you're playing that more traditional lineup. Like Mark, honestly, may be best as like a bench big, where he's a hub of an offense and an organizer. Yeah. Maybe that's what we learned from this season. Oh, when I was mentioning all the Lakers under contract, also Gasol, but I guess he might retire. Uh, although I'm sure there was somebody in their car that was mad that like I forgot <laughs> to mention Mark or I snubbed him. Although maybe that that's we on Mark.
0: We haven't reviewed him yet.
1: You, well, yeah, mark season and review. But we were talking oh, about the Guaranteed I see see guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, there was one thing really quickly, but this is not da- strictly Damian Jones related. But Damian Jones also did not, like, re- you know, criticize the Lakers to release an NFT after the season. And I, was, <laughs> I was, wasn't sure how aware of this story you are. So I wanted to just run it by you live on air. I didn't prep you that I was going to do this. But Great. do you know how much Andre Drummond's NFTs cost?
0: I'm going to be angry, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Is it? Six
1: figures? No. Okay, good. All right. All right. Is it $35,000? Uh, no, the minimum bid is 46000 for one of these. What the That's hell? That's the minimum bid. I was going to go on to see if, like, maybe there just wasn't enough interest that I could, like, win one with, like, an $100 bid as a joke or something. But right. I was not able to put in my bid because it's a minimum 46000 bid. Now, to be fair, you do also get, like, an all-expenses-paid trip to, you know, I guess, wherever Drummond's going to be playing next season to watch him play. And, like, maybe you can, like, help him design a pair of sneakers Yay. with one of them and whatever. So you get some, like, you know, some things that are worth some money but
0: yeah. probably I mean, not I trip worth to 46, Shanghai would be fun.
1: Like, that'd be, that'd be- <laughs> I was waiting. I was. I threw that up there for you, and like Damian Jones, you loved I it. I actually home. dunked it. Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> unlike Drummond, who would have watched that joke sail over his head with his hands on his on, on hey, the top to be, of his head. To
1: Drummond's credit, he is really funny. So
0: yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I, I do want to like. So so, we've been asking basically like, would you want a player back? And there is no yeah. such avenue for for Damian Jones. But to to wrap this thing up. We do want that kind of player back. Like uh, that is the, the 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 pogo stick center is the type of player that the Lakers need again next year.
1: Yes, I, I would honestly very much prefer that type of player to a Montrez Harrell, who while obviously way more talented at the game of basketball, I don't know if you've seen the clips of him in the Drew League. Like he he looks like LeBron playing against normal guys. Oh yeah, he's like yeah, he's he's incredible. Mm-hmm. But I, I just on a team where when it matters. Most of your offense is going to be coming from other guys that are not Montres Harrell but for defensive reasons, for offensive reasons, just those guys being better, those kind mm-hmm. of things. I, I would rather, you know, try and see if you can trade him, work some trade for him. Kind of a wink wink, like you opt in and we'll trade you to a destination mm-hmm. that maybe you couldn't get to in free agency. And then they'll have your bird rights and they can kind of go over and re- like that type of thing. I would rather do something like that with him, you know, potentially probably not bring back Drummond. Although I'm, I think more open to the idea of bringing back Drummond than you are. Try to keep Gasol if you can and get, you know, whether it's Drummond, whether it, or if it's not Drummond, then potentially go and get that type of lob player. Because I think I'm a little higher on Drummond than you are in some of the things that he Mm -hmm. brings. But that said, I'm not entirely opposed at this point to waving him a fond farewell, you know, shouts Darius Soriano. And uh, I'm I'm cool with both of those guys. Yeah. Montrezl Harrell and Andre
0: Drummond, future front court of the Boston Celtics. I mean, to be fair,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they may see the writing on the wall. Otherwise, I don't think that you're going out of your way in Instagram comments to criticize the Lakers coaching staff.
0: Yeah, that's been, that's been weird. I mean, like, this it's one thing
1: this to feel that way. I don't, I, they're totally yeah. entitled to feel however they want. It's just a very right. strange, as like a public figure to do that on Instagram, where, you know, the first thing that's going to happen is it's going to get screenshotted and people are going to post about it. Right.
0: That's the, Like, there's that's no way that Frank that, doesn't hear hmm.
1: about this, you know, and then that all of a sudden, that's an extremely awkward conversation in training camp next year. Like,
0: uh, this isn't an Andre Drummond conversation. It's become one, but
1: so so for so we'll we'll make sure that you're not on his season review. How about that? (laughs) So with uh, well, actually, I
0: have to be. I host these things.
1: Well, so we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) we're we're gonna Damien
0: Jones you and kick you out for. I want to get. I want to isolate. I want to isolate that sound that you just made. Oh, (laughs) but so so the the Andre Drummond like off season press tour thing where he like admits to throwing Frank Vogel under the bus to sell his NFT to sell his t-shirts and stuff. Like I, I, I've, I got like a weird amount of backlash for saying like, this is, this is the hammer in the coffin. I flat out do not want this person back on the, on the team that I root for next year. And people are like, Oh, what? So like, you don't, this guy can't go out and try to make business outside of the sport for himself. And I'm like, sure, but as so long as it doesn't involve throwing the coach under the bus. Like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, a decent I feel like there's a difference between
1: being pro player empowerment and being like, <laughs> Hey, like don't be an asshole. You know, yeah. I, I feel like it's just, those are two. Separate also like ideas. The nicest
0: person in the world. Yeah. Like he's, he would never do that to Andre Drummond and Drummond's like,
1: I got, I got it. So like, what if we found like leaked Facebook screenshots? Cause I assume that's like probably the only social media Frank Vogel has. He probably has like a private Facebook. MySpace. But, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's MySpace. it's just like Frank Vogel blasts <laughs> <Based> on- <laughs> Andre Drummond on MySpace and it's like Frank Vogel's like, you know, that guy just didn't give us as good of minutes as I would have hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right.
0: That's going to do it then for the review of uh, Alfonso McKinney, Wesley Matthews, Jared Dudley, and Damian Jones, and, and apparently by extension, Andre Drummond. Um, and then that's going to do it for this week of podcasts. So uh, we have a busy few weeks ahead of us. The uh, NBA draft is on the 29th. The finals are going to wrap up here probably this week, which or this next week, which means that we are going to be diving headfirst into the offseason. You already got the stuff about Lonzo Ball and the Lakers looking for another playmaker who sounds a lot like Dennis Schroeder and, and all of that. So, so make sure you guys are tuned in to this feed where I'm going to be introducing, by the way, anytime we get any kind of big news, those of you who have been listening to the Lakers lowdown on a regular basis, they're going to be emergency lowdown episodes. As soon as news happens, I'm going to hop on here. I'm going to give my five minutes or so of, of reaction, 10 minutes or so of reaction. I'm going to jump right back out there
1: and laugh at Harrison for trying to cover all this stuff. So, <laughs> look, it's going to be you too, okay? You're going to be covering this stuff too if you're doing that. And maybe we can, you know, just to satisfy your ego, we can call it like the Anthony Irwin emergency podcast oh or something God. like that. Jeez. Get it. Go on vacation, <laughs>